Today, I believe God has something great for us today. It's going to be a powerful and anointed word from the Lord. The Lord is speaking to my heart. And we're going to go in the word today. And I'm going to be speaking on what the Lord has given me, a word called overturn it. Everybody say overturn it. Say overturn. God is about to overturn things in this place. Hallelujah. I want us to open our Bibles real quick to the book of Judges, chapter number 6, and it's a long reading. I wish the Bible reader will have a microphone and read today, because it's a long reading. We're going to start from verse 1 of Judges, chapter 6, overturn it, overturn it, overturn it, overturn it. God is going to begin to overturn things in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. All right, if you're there, say, yes, Lord. Do we all have the Bibles? Do we have our Bibles here? Yeah, Judges chapter 6 and from verse 1. Go ahead, 1 to 16. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midians seven years. And the hand of the Midian prevailed against Israel. Yes. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens, which they are made dens, uh-huh. which are the in the mountains, in the mountains and caves, and caves and strongholds, and strongholds. And so it was. And so it was when Israel had sown mm-hmm. that the Midianites came up. Midianites came up, and the Am- Amalekites mm-hmm. and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. Till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Yes. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. The Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Which said unto them, Mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you out forth out of the house of bondage. Mm -hmm. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you. Yes. And drave them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was Oprah, that pertained unto Joseph and Abiezerite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Go ahead. 
And Gideon said unto him, uh -huh. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. If the Lord be with us. If the Lord be with me. Why then is all this befallen us? Okay. And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Mm -hmm. Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Yes. But now the Lord had forsaken us and delivered us unto the hands of the Midianites. Yes. And the Lord looked upon him and said... Go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel. You will save Israel. From the hand of the Midianites. From the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Have I not sent thee? And he said unto them, mm -hmm. O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor, and Manasseh, and I am at the least in my father's house. Yes. And the Lord said unto him, yes. surely, surely, I will be with thee. I will be with thee. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And you will smite the Midianites as what? One man. As one man. See, in case you don't know this story, this is the story of the children of Israel, the book of Judges. Judges uh, normally is the same cycle, if you read the book of Judges, the same cycle, the children of God, the children of Israel, the sin against God, God commits them or hands them over uh, to a, 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 a king or a ruler or some uh, people that will take them captive and God, they will cry unto God, God will send them a judge and the judge will deliver them and they forget again and go right back in the same book of Judges, uh, God had just delivered them in chapter 4 with, uh, with Deborah. Deborah was just there delivering the children of Israel and they were saved from Sisera who, uh, through the hands of Jahel who tried to uh, overpower the children of Israel. And through the scriptures, through the book of Judges, you see different judges that God begins to raise up and God begins to um, raise up to bring the children of Israel out of captivity from the hands of their enemies. Many times they will go into sin and they'll forget the Lord, the, 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 their God and they begin to run in sin and live in sin and judgment will come on them and God will hand them over to the hands of, the, of their enemies and the enemies will take advantage of them. This is another case we see here the children, the Bible says the children of Israel did evil, I want you to follow me real quick, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and God allowed them or handed them over to the end of the Midianites. And the Midianites began to torment them and take hold of everything that they had and molest them to the point that in the earlier verses that we read, the Bible says because of the torment of the, of the, of the Amalekites and the Midianites and all of them put together, the children of Israel were driven. The Bible says they came as grasshoppers, the Midianites and they plunged into the resources, the substance, the sustenance of the children of Israel till the point that the Bible says every time they had increase or they had any resources, the Midianites came like grasshoppers in like locusts in, in multitude and took everything they had and left them
them with nothing. They did not have crops. They did not have grains. They did not have sustenance. They did not have increase. They did not have anything to eat. Nothing for them. Even their oxes and their cattle and their animals were all taken by the Midianites. And this is replicating itself in this generation that we live in. And in this modern term that sometimes the enemy comes as a Midianite and comes to impoverish the people of God. The devil is always looking for an open door. Is always looking for the slightest opportunity. The devil is an opportunist. Actually the Bible does not warn us about the power of the devil but he warns us about the tricks of the devil and the manipulations of the devil. The Bible says do not be ignorant of the devices. Another word for devices means manipulation. Another word for devices means tricks and of the devil where the devil creeps in is looking for the tiniest opportunity. The devil is an opportunist. He is not an armed robber. He is a thief. The Bible says the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. One thing you must know about a thief is that a thief is always looking for an open door. You leave your car door open. You leave your home door open. You, when you put all the burglary and close your door, the thief has no way to come in. But the devil is a thief. Therefore, he's always looking for an opportunity. An opportunity to gain ground in your life. Be it anger. Be it lust of the eyes. Offense. Uh, bitterness. Whatever. The devil is looking for every opportunity to step in. But I don't know about you. But I know the supernatural lifers. We are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. We'll give him no room. We'll give him no place. We'll give him no opportunity to rule or enter into our life. You gotta raise the standard. The Bible says guard your heart with all diligence. In case you don't know what diligence means. Diligence is not just hard work. It means hard work in the right direction. God says you gotta be diligent. You gotta work harder. You gotta consistently make sure your door, the doors of your heart is being locked and the devil has no room to come in. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here. I don't know if I know some of you looking like you don't even understand what I'm talking about. Are you acting too cute like you've never been tempted by the devil? But I know somebody like me that has been through so much and you know the devil has tried to take advantage of the times that you're not looking. But this moment I made up my mind. No more devil. You can steal from me anymore. You can steal from my family. You can steal from my relationship. You can steal from my marriage. You can steal from my finances because I am a child of God and I am aware of the devices of the devil. In case you don't know, one of the devices that the devil uses is fear. Every time the devil tries to send you a dream, a terrifying dream, so that when you wake up, you become the prophet for him to pronounce things that he has programmed in your dream. But when I wake up, rather than rehearsing the dreams that the enemy brings, if it brings dreams of death, I wake up and I say, I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the 
Lord in the land of the living. Greater is who am I speaking to? Who am I speaking to? Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. If the devil comes in my dream to put fear on me, the Bible says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, I have made up my mind. There is no turning back for me. There is no stopping for me. There is no looking back for me. I am a territorial winner. I win in territories. I win in dominions. The Bible said to me, ask of me and I will give you the even for thy inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. In case you don't know, I don't only possess Gucci and Ferrari, but I own nations because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. My father is the landowner. In case you don't know, he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. I am the apple of God's eye. I cannot fall and I cannot fail. Devil, you can take no advantage of me. You can take no, no advantage of me. I'm looking for believers. I'm looking for believers that are not just moved by the things that they see, but have a spiritual uh, sight and a spiritual perspective to things. When somebody comes to you and says something to you, do you just listen with your physical and earthly realistic mindset? Or do you take on your goggles of the spirit and begin to look at it with the microscope of heaven and begin to analyze it in the realm of the spirit and say, where is this coming from? Is this from the Lord. No, this is not from the Lord. I'm God in my heart. I'm God in my spirit. I'm God in my mind. I'm God in my will. I'm God in my emotion. I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved by the word. Of the Lord. And moved by the word of the Lord. The Bible says the children of Median they prevailed against the children of Israel. And so many times in our lives, we see some circumstances trying to prevail against us. Hey, Arabo, Sheikh, Arabo, Sidi. Hey, Arabo, I don't care if you opened the door or you didn't open the door. If you let the devil in or you didn't let the devil in. It's time for you to give the devil a quick notice and say, get your bags, get your luggage, get your possessions, get out of my life. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my children. My children are thought of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. They will be established in salvation. This is the word of the Lord. My children are for signs and for wonders. This is the time for you to kick the devil out. Bible says, and they came and prevailed. And because the Midianites, the children, because of the Midianites. And sometimes when the enemy comes against us, the first thing we, we try to do is to run and to hide and to just seek some way. And the Bible says they began to hide. And because the enemy pushed them so hard, they begin, began to hide in mountains and in caves. And sometimes the, what the devil planned 
for your evil is actually for your good. I don't know if I'm talking, who I'm talking about. Uh, the devil thinks he's punishing you. The devil thinks he's attacking you. He doesn't even have an idea that he's pushing you to the mountain. He's pushing you to the mountain. Some of you don't understand what I opens on the mountain. They don't even know that you are the cedar. You are Zion. You are Mount Zion. The city of the living God. God says I should tell somebody the devil thinks he's pushing you out of your comfort zone. But he's taking you to the mountain. When you're in the mountain, Jesus withdrew himself and went to the mountain. He cuts off all the things, all the excesses, all the destruction. And you can focus on your God and grow on your mountain experience in prayers unto thee oh God do I lift up my soul oh my God I trust in you let me not be ashamed let not my enemies triumph over me they did not know that every time they are pushing you they are pushing you to the mountains the Bible says as mountains surround Jerusalem so God surrounds his people they don't even understand that you will lift up your eyes to the hills and from whence come at your help. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Who am I speaking to? Who's listening to me? Do I have any mountaineers here? Do I have anyone that knows how to pray? Go in the place of prayer. The mountain life is the life of prayer. The mountain life is the life of fasting. The mountain life is the life of being in the secret place. The Bible says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the almighty shall abide under the shadow of the almighty when you are in the secret place the devil think is pushing you but every time he pushes you you run to the altar every time he chases you you run to your father you go in the place of prayer they are pushing you Bible says because they were hiding took them they began to hide Nothing wrong with hiding in the secret place of the most. Yeah. Bible says that's why if anyone asks you my address, if you want to know where I live, I live in the secret place. Hey, change of address. You know, many times when you go to places, government offices, they ask you, has your address changed recently? Or you go to your doctor's appointment, has your address changed? You might want to tell them, my address is now the secret place of the most high. That's where no sickness can find you. That's where no infirmity can find you. That's not where no disease can find you. I don't care who's summoning your name. I don't care the covens of witchcraft where they are cajoling calling you through any altar they can find you because you are invisible you are dwelling in the secret place of the most high that's where my children are that's where my home is that's where my church is that's where my family is we dwell in the mountain mountain lie every time they're pushing they're pushing and they dwell in the stronghold and the Bible says, I want you to come, come with me. In verse 3, he says, And so, when the Israel saw, the Mesonites came up. The Amalekites and the children of East even came up and encamped against them. I tell you what, the first thing the devil does 
is to build a camp around you. It encamps against them. Tries to bring you to a point of isolation. Where you can find help, you can connect. Devil wants to cut you off from the place where you get energy, where you get strength. But you don't understand that your strength does not come from what surrounds you. It comes from within you. Bible says it, they encamped them. See, when the devil encamps a, a, a person's life or something that we got somebody's life, every opportunity to get help is blocked. Every time you try to get out, you can't find your way out. Do I have anybody here that has been struggling? Looks like you're just going round in cycles and circles. Trying to look for a way out. It looks like you feel encamped and caged. It looks like you feel like you have been captured. But God says, I should tell you that Bible says in the book of Psalm 126, your soul escapes like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and you are escaped. I came here to let you know that whatever encampment the devil has built against you, God is pulling them down together in the name of Jesus. So, and encamping also means the devil looking for reinforcement. They're calling their sorcerers. They're calling their diviners. Whenever the devil thinks like you're getting too strong for him. It tries to cage you in. It tries to summon for regathering and regrouping. It tries to summon for more help. It tries to summon for like the prophet uh, that was trying to curse the children of Israel. And he went and hired a prophet and said, come and curse the children of Israel. But he, no matter what prophet he hired, the prophet couldn't curse the children of Israel. But because the devil, the devil tried to curse them. But God told the prophet, you can't curse the people that God has blessed. See, it doesn't matter what association, what coming together that the enemy may bring into your life. God said to let you know that their God surely they shall gather together but because their gathering is not of me they shall fall for your sake every gathering against your life it will fall for your sake am i speaking to anybody here does anybody feel like god telling you a word that every association the bible says in the book of isaiah chapter 9 and verse 8 god yourself together you shall be broken to pieces god yourself together you shall be broken to pieces speak the word it will not stand take counsel it will come to naught for God is with you the enemy tries going somewhere today when you come with me the devil tries to encamp you Bible says they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth everybody said the increase Destroy the increase of the earth. See, the first thing when the devil encamps against a person or builds up. The Bible says, David says, why are they increased that trouble me? Many there be that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my hand. See, when the devil encamps against a believer, against your finance, against your ministry, against your health, against your life, against anything that pertains to you. 
when the devil encamps against you, the next thing he does is to attack the increase of your field. What does that increase of your field mean? Your fruits. He begins to attack the produce, your productivity. You feel just weary and overwhelmed. You feel just tired for no reason. You feel just uh, uh, exaggerated uh, feelings of being overwhelmed and being swamped. It comes suddenly upon you. That's a trigger to know that the devil is raging an army or raising a battle against you. And so the Bible says they encamped against them and attacked the fruits. See, when the devil begins to attack your fruits, that's the first level. The next thing that happened then, it says he attacked their crops. Leaving them no substance. The next thing the devil does there is to leave you no substance. The devil has released a mandate for his army to destroy and camp, destroy, leave no substance. That is the mandate from the devil. But God has given a mandate for your life. And that mandate is to be fruitful, to multiply and replenish the earth. That is a word that has already preceded the word of the devil. When the Lord made man, he already told me, be blessed, be fruitful. You see the fruitfulness come in there and replenish. So when the next thing the devil does is to leave no substance. Leaving no substance means the devil will try not just to attack your fruit, but also to attack your seed I came to let you know that the devil has been attacking our seed in this land the devil is not fighting for you it's fighting for what is inside you that you have not even seen yet it's fighting for the generation that you are going to birth in your spirit it's fighting for the sons and daughters that are up to your loins. That's why I'm not looking like things are happening on the on the surface. I'm looking within. Every time I shake off every anger, I'm not shaking it off because I'm not feeling it. But I'm looking forward. The Bible says, Jesus, for the pain, for the for the gain that was ahead, He endured the cross because He saw you. He took the pain because He saw me. He took the nails because He saw you. He took the crown of torture because the devil is always trying to steal our seed there's a generation to be saved there is a seed to be saved this land is wailing this land this Canada not even just Toronto the whole of Canada has been held bound by the Midianites for so long but God says I'm raising an army I'm raising up people. I'm raising a generation that will overturn. That will overturn the army of the Midianite. Where are the generation that God is raising today? They will overturn it. There's just something about a seed. There's something about a seed. So, you must understand in the midst of this, the children of Israel, come with me. I'm going somewhere. They cried to the Lord. See, so many times we cry to our friends. We cry to our neighbors. We cry to ourselves. We lock up 
and cry, we mumble, we grumble, we complain. But God says, the children of Israel, they cry to the Lord. How many people are ready to cry to the Lord today? How many people are ready to cry to the Lord? Bible says, the day that I cried unto the Lord, then did my enemies turn back. See, there is a difference between crying to God and just talking to God. You see, the Bible did not say they talked to God. They were not just having a chit-chat. They were crying to God like a daughter is crying to a father. I remember my little girl, every time she wants to have a way, she goes, she said, I don't want mommy. I want daddy. I want my daddy. And I said, what do you need? I want my daddy. When she goes to that frequency, and then I begin to try to distract her, or pacify and say, let me give you candy. She says, ah! When she raises her voice, I'm like, your dad is coming, just wait. Then she increases the gear to the next level. At that point, I don't have no choice. I don't care whether it, a dad is there or not. I've got to grab my phone. I've got to call and say, this is an emergency. She want to call, talk to her daddy. She is crying for her daddy. It's like you go to the hospital and you go to the emergency ward and you go to the emergency spot and you are there, you come, you say hello you see my little finger my little finger is hurting me or my knees are hurting me the nurses are just going to say go take a sit there and you're probably going to be there for 7-8 hours but if you come in with a shout yeah if you come in with a scream if you come in with a noise they're going to keep checking if you say my chest, my heart my nose, my mouth they're going to quickly take you to find you a doctor and begin to check you God said I should tell somebody it's it's time for you not to call the regular number of God. It's time for you to say 911 God. I have an emergency. My case is urgent. I've got a need. I've got to stand on the gap for my seed. I've got to stand in the gap for my children. And who am I speaking to? I've got to stand in the gap for my generation. I've got to set a change. They cry to their God. And when they cry to their God, the Bible says God sent them a prophet. See, so many times when we cry to God, see, you think God is just going to wave a magic wand and send angels to drop all around the Canada and all around Toronto, one by your bedside and the one opening the, your car door. Sometimes God sends a prophet. And the prophet carries the anointing to overturn the works of the devil. See, so they cried to God. God's answer to them was a prophet. God sent a man. God sent a man with a word. The difference between just anybody and a prophet is that is a man of God, a person with a word from God. He acts as the representative of God. His word, the word of God, in the mouth of God's real prophet, is as the word of God in God's mouth. That's right. So when God sends you, what's the job of the prophet? He has to speak. So God sent a prophet, and the prophet brought a word. 
And you see, when a prophet brings a word, the Bible says, God says, I watch over my word. Do you know what that means? To watch over your word? How many people watch over their word here? You can see your word and you look at it everywhere it's going. When you sent a word, you follow through with it. Like you watch every step. You can't even follow your word because your word just goes. He says, God says, I watch over my word. He watches over his word to bring it to perfection. In answer to their prayers, this is where the story of a man called Gideon happened. The Bible says, verse 11, And there came an angel of the Lord, and the angel sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon, on thresh with, he was threshing with, by a wine press, to hide it from the Midianites. Everybody say threshing wheat. In the wine press. Why was he doing that? What does it mean to thresh wheat? Sometimes we don't actually understand. That's why I brought you a little symbol here. I brought you a little symbol. And some of us don't understand. I've got different kinds of grains here. And this tiny. Can somebody just come real quick? Come, Sister Tisha. How big is this grain? Oh, it's so tiny. How big? Look, it's just less than a rice grain. And this grain, as you see here, it's even small, it's even bigger than a mustard seed. How many people know what the Bible says? If you have faith, like a what? Like a mustard seed. I brought you mustard seeds. This is a mustard seed. You can't even see it. It's like sand. Oh my goodness. It's tiny. It's gone. A mustard seed. Bible says if you have faith, like a mustard seed, you will tell a mountain to move. That's how tiny your faith is supposed to be. And then you'll see, so if your mountain is not moving, it means your faith is not even that small. So I was just telling you something. That what the devil tries to do is attack your seed. Because he doesn't care where, what comes from the harvest. As long as he, as he attacks the seed, he cuts off the possibility of replenishment. Of it ever coming together again. So the Bible says, Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. And I want you to come with me. If you don't know what it means to thresh wheat, see, this is how you thresh wheat. So, normally, there is something called, just leave it there, thank you. Just go to your seat. I'll tell you something. So, what you see here is wheat. The thing you see there is some wheat. And, Normally, the trash, how do you get the grains? Not like the, all the technology that we have today. Those times, those technologies were not there. So how do you get grain out of the wheat? You trash it. How do they trash it in those days? What they do is that they go to a far place outside the village or outside the community. 
and they get a massive piece of land. Imagine like the size of this stage or even bigger. And they will make sure it is made of stone or wood and it is flat and clean. And that is called a threshing floor. Everybody say threshing floor. Say threshing floor. So the normal thing was to gather all this wheat and put them on the threshing floor. And then because you need space on the threshing floor. And then they will call or bring all their animals. The cattles and the bulls. And what they did was to make them match, walk on the wheat. They stomp on it. They stomp on it. How many people have seen this? They stomp on the wheat. So when they stomp on the wheat, the grains in the wheat begin to fall out. Is somebody listening to me? And when the grains come out, after a while, they push it, they blow it up. And when they blow it up, get wind, they get wind, and they blow it up. And when they blow it up, the wind blows upon it. And what happens is that only the grains remain. The wheat is blown away. Do do you understand that? In order to do that, you need a plain, clean ground, a smooth surface, which is called the threshing floor. The wine press on the other side, on the hand, is different. For you to get wine, wine is always brought out of grapes. And to get wine out of grapes, you need a deep place, a deep surface, where the grapes are there, and they ask the people to come, and they march on the grapes, and the grape produces its juice or its wine, and it's been fermented, and it goes to so it's kind of a deeper, a deeper surface for wine. But for wheat, because you need wind, they have to put it on a plain ground and step on it. You must understand that if God is going to bring something out of your life, it's got to step on it. It's go- oh my goodness. You see, I've been to church so many times and people run to me in church and say, what's happening in that church? Or what's happening in that place? That brother is a bad brother. That sister is a bad brother. Sister, Jesus told them, let the corn and wheat, let them grow together. When they grow together, when it's time for harvest, I will use my feet. I will stamp on it. And the pressure that comes on it, it's a separation between the good and the bad. God said I should tell somebody right now the season has come for God to visit your life. The pressure you are feeling it's not a pressure of death. It's God separated. Taking out the rubbish. Taking out the trash. Taking out the trash out of your life. God is doing something. So you see here Gideon when you understand, see what Gideon was doing. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Where do you thresh wheat? Threshing floor. I just told you. Where do you crush wine? Wine press. So how can Gideon, and for so long, every time that I read that place, I always saw Gideon 
as a man that was so cowardly and so scared and so uh, useless and had nothing good out of him and he was so scared of everything but the Lord began to show me something else here that the fact that he was hiding he hiding the wheat and the seed from the children of, of, of the Midianite was not because he was afraid of the of him but he was hiding the seed oh my oh my who am I speaking to listen sometimes when God wants to bring something out of you it takes you into a hidden spot where the eyes of the enemy will not be able to see you the devil will try to attack you but God is taking you into hiding and so first thing you must understand about Gideon about what he was doing the location was wrong everybody said location so sometimes everybody say sometimes God allows you to be in a place and you feel so uncomfortable in that place in a position in a situation you feel so uncomfortable but guess what and you know it's not where you're supposed to be it may not be a physical location it may be something happening in your life but listen you are only there for a season it's not forever it's for a set time God is hiding the seed in you there is a generation in you there is a song in you there is a word in you there is a child in you there is a vision in you there is a prophecy in you there is a glory in you there is a manifestation in you there is a vision in you there is a giant in you there is a Deborah in you there is a prophet in you there is an apostle in you there is a glory in you God is hiding the seed in you Looked like the location was wrong. And what was... See, how uncomfortable Gideon kept doing it. Sometimes we're looking for the perfect time, the perfect place. And God is just telling you, just do it anyway. Just do it. God is looking for your faithfulness in little things. Many times people are looking for the bless, the big glow. But the big glow doesn't come until you first go into the secret place. Hallelujah. So the place looked wrong. And the next thing that happens. And you see the pro- problem with the place that he was. Is that because the place was deep. The wind could not blow because when the wind is blowing the wind could not blow deep because if it was in the flat surface just like the fan there the wind is going to blow it all away all the wheat away and all the grains will remain but because it was in a tight corner Gideon it was in a place it was a man that had vision it was a man that had purpose it was a man that had an understanding it was a man that knew how to save and protect 
deserve his seed. Even though the circumstances were uncomfortable, he made a way out of it. He says, I may not have a threshing floor. If I had a threshing floor, we can't go out anymore because the Midianites are everywhere and they've taken all the seed. This little seed that I have, this little one that I have, I can still thresh it. I can still thresh it. And they're going to ask him, where are you going to thresh it? Where are you going to get the souls that will fill this church? Where are you going to get the people? I've all I need uh, is to create the atmosphere. I don't need uh, to make anything happen by itself. Uh, even though it looks like there is no wind. Uh, the Bible says uh, God told the prophet there shall be no wind. Uh, there shall be no rain. Uh, yet the earth, uh, the ground uh, will be full of water. So Gideon, even though the atmosphere there was not right. Uh, there was not wind uh, blowing in the mountain. He had to rely on the Holy Spirit uh, like the day of Pentecost that came as a mighty rushing wind and filled the temple. The wind of God came. It went Gideon. I would imagine that as Gideon threw the, the wheat up and it was threshing it, that even though there was no physical wind, God sent his wind. He had to move as the Holy Spirit and he blew upon it. The wheat had to disappear. It takes the impossible hand of God to make the impossible in your life become possible. I came here to announce that the wind of the spirit the wind of God is blowing in your life and is taking away the shaft in your life the garbage in your life the trash and floor of God is opening the wind came the Holy Spirit and if you read the book of Hosea chapter 13 verse 3 and Micah 4 can you read that real quick? Hosea chapter 13 and verse 3. You will understand that when you're talking about the threshing floor and the wine press, it's symbols. Everything in the word represents something. It's a symbol. Hosea 13 13 and verse 3. Hosea 13 in verse 3. God walks in symbols. Just like we were talking about the wind a minute ago. The wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And for you to have a good harvest. For a separation between the wind, the seed, the seed, the grains, the fruit, and the things that are not of God. There's got to be the wind. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he has to blow away. Sometimes we like to move in a pack. Sometimes you like to move with your friends. But if your friends are not grains, they're going to be blown away. I came here to let you know, people, that the wind of God is blowing in these last days. The wind of God is blowing in this season. And it's taking every lightweight around you. Don't be surprised when you look on your side and your regular friend is no longer there. Or your regular church member is not there. Because the wind is coming. And when the wind comes, it's going to blow away anything that is lightweight and has no productivity. Only that which is productive will last. Hosea 13 and verse 3. Hallelujah. 
Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud. Therefore they will be as the morning cloud. And as early dew that passes away. They will be as early dew that passes away. As the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor. He says just like the chaff is driven like a with the whirlwind out of the floor. And as a smoke out of the chimney. Uh-huh. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt. And thou shalt know no God but me. See, here God is speaking about judgment. When you talk about the threshing floor and the wind and the, uh, the wine press, it talks about the judgment of God. God is sending judgment upon the enemy. Everything that has been taking space in your life, everything that has been occupying space in your life, God is taking them away. Everybody, I want you to say after me, say overturn. Say overturn. Say overturn. In the midst of this confused state, the Bible says in verse 22 of Judges 6 that the Lord appeared suddenly to, to Gideon. He was stretching wheat in a wine press, doing his own thing, just staying in one corner. And God looked through the land and he found one man. And he says, I'm going to use this man. Because he was persistent. He was not looking for the perfect opportunity. But he was creating an opportunity in the place that he was. And God said to Gideon, go in this thy might. Verse 22 and 23 of the, Judges 6. The Bible said to Gideon, he says, God appeared to him. And the Lord told him, peace be unto you. And instantly, Gideon made the place, he named it, Jehovah Shalom, meaning God is my peace. Would you not imagine that if God named the place Jehovah Shalom and God himself, it was not just an angel, it was God himself, appeared to Gideon and then Gideon said, oh God appeared to me. This is called Jehovah Shalom. What does that mean, peace? Would you not imagine that after that, the children of Israel will begin to enjoy peace, right? Is that not what you would imagine? The children of Israel were suffering from the Midianites and all of a sudden God came out of nowhere and said, peace. Would you not imagine that, oh my, I'm so happy. This is the day the Lord has made. Oh, God has given us a word. God said, peace. But the moment, the announcement of God, when God says peace, God's announcement of peace for you is an announcement of judgment for your enemies understands what I'm talking about here. When God announces peace for you, it's announcing judgment for your enemies. It's an announcement for war against everything that stands against you. How do I know? The same next verse, the Bible says that same night that God appeared to him, God told him, go to your father's house and bring down the idols and the altars of your father's house. Listen, if there is no war, there is no peace. If there is no battle, there is no victory. The Lord said I should announce to somebody that even though you might be at war now even though we may be at war now the Lord said I should tell you I already gave you the victory I already announced your peace I already announced your victory this is a victory time for you when God announces peace get ready for war but the good thing about the war is that you won't even have to fight in that battle 
You won't have to fight in that battle. God will fight for you. Can you open real quick? That's the last place we're going to read. And this is very important. The same Judges chapter 6, verse 7, chapter 7, sorry. The same Judges chapter 7. Everybody look in your Bible if you can. Judges chapter 7 and verse 10. But if thou fear to go down. But if you are afraid, God told him, go and pull down the idols of your father's house. And conquer, win the Midianites. I've given you victory. But these Midianites were so many. They were like grasshoppers. And guess what? When he was going to go, before that happened, it took an army of 32,000 people. And he was going to go to war against the Midianites. The Lord told him, announce to the people, if there's anybody afraid, I don't want a, a, big, a, big, a big army here. I want a small army. Are all the people that are members of this church or members of this army, if you're afraid, go back home. Go meet your wives and your children. 32,000 people. Guess what? One person left. 31,999. Suddenly, another person left. 31,998. Before you knew it, 1,000 people went back. 2,000 people went back. 3,000 people went back. Another person said, you know what? I'm not at this fighting, fighting. I don't think I'm in for it. I better go with my friend. And everybody began to leave the army that God was building. And from 32,000, there was only 22,000 people left the army. It was only remaining 10,000. Less than one third of the entire army went back to third of the army. Went back to their homes and they were afraid. And guess what? Gideon was very down. How am I going to win this battle with all these attacks and all these people? And you said there is victory. Now all my army is going back. All my world, the people that are supposed to be fighting, they are going back. And God told them, begin to go and fight. And you would imagine that he will go with the rest 10,000 people. Instead of him to go with the 10,000 people, God told him, Gideon, the army is still too many. Gideon said, God, what are you talking about? God told him, the army is still too many. Take them to the waters. Tell them to go and drink water. And when they went to drink water, some of them bent, bent over and drank the water. Some of them stooped and drank the water. And God told Gideon, announced to the people, if you stooped and drank water, remain. If you bent like this, go home. And when he looks, he says, separate all the people that stooped. 300 people, 9,700 people bent over. God told him, send the 9,700 back. Only 300 people will fight this battle. And this was a battle against innumerable number. Out of 32,000, God reduced the army to only 300 people. God is waiting for a remnant generation. Church, stop waiting for the crowd. Stop looking at the crowd. Stop following your friend. Stop following who's next and who's not next. God is looking for a remnant generation. God is looking for a people that will not bow, but a people that will stoop. Because when you stoop, your eyes are still watching. When you stoop, you are not alert. You are not at ease. You are at alert. God is looking for a remnant generation. How many people here are part of the remnant army that God is raising in this end time? God said 
this city will be saved. This city will be delivered. Who am I talking to? Why are you acting like you don't know what I'm talking about? I need the remnant generation. This city will be saved. Your seed will be delivered. God is looking for remnant generation. 300 men. Read verse 10. After you found 300 men, the Lord said, go now and go in the battle. Gideon's like, what are you talking about, Lord? Read it now. Go thou with Fura. Go now. With Fura, thy servant, down to the host. Go to the house. And thou shalt hear what they say. He said, in case you're afraid, the verse before that. When you get to the city, go to somebody's house and listen to what they're saying. Gideon's like, what has that got to do with what we're talking about? Go and listen to what they're saying. Tell me what happened. And afterward, afterward, shall thine hands be strengthened. Your hand will be strengthened. To go down unto the host. Then you will go down into the host of the, of the enemies. Then went he down with Fura, his he, servant. He went down unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Go ahead. And the Midianites, the Midianites, and the Amalekites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east, the lay, children of the east, lay along in the valley like grasshoppers. They were like grasshoppers for multitude, because there were so many, and their camels were without number, uh -huh. as the sand by the seaside for the multitude. They stand by the seaside because there were too many. And when Gideon was come, Gideon came there. Behold, behold, listen. There was a man that told a dream unto this fellow. Listen, a man, when Gideon got there, he met a man. He was hiding. They didn't know he was coming to fight. And then he stood there. He heard a man talking to his friend about a dream. He says, you know what? I had a dream. And Gideon was eavesdropping. Guess what the dream was? And lo, a, lo, a cake of barley bread. A cake. Everybody say cake. cake. Of, of barley bread. Tumbled into the host of Midian. A bread fell into the house of Midian. And came up unto a tent. And it came into the tent of Midian. And smote it that it fell. And a, just one bread smote the whole tent of Midian. Uh -huh. And overturned it. And what? Overturned Everybody say overturn it. Overturned. Say overturn it. A bread came from nowhere. How many people eat bread here? <laughs> the friend was telling his other friend, says, a loaf of bread fell down in the tent of the Midianites. And the tent fell down because of the bread. And the bread overturned the whole army of people. Go ahead. And overturned it. And the tent lay along. Uh-huh. And his fellow answered and said. A fellow answered and said. This is nothing else. This is nothing else. Save the sword of Gideon. Save except the sword of Gideon. They did not know Gideon was hearing them. The son of Jos Joash. Uh-huh. And the man of Israel. Yeah. For into his hand had God delivered Midian and all the host. God said, I should tell you. When the dream was told him, the friend said. They didn't know Gideon was hearing them. Gideon heard them say, this is nothing but the sword of the Lord. The sword of Gideon. God said, I should tell you, your sword 
is going to overturn the Midianites. Oh my goodness, who am I speaking to? And when, they, when Gideon heard that, it's like me, Gideon? Is there another Gideon? In case he did not believe it, they said his father's name. The son of this person. Maybe he would have said, maybe it's another Gideon. God said, I should announce that he's going to overturn the multitude of Midianites that are in this city. He's going to overturn the multitude of perversion in this city. Who am I speaking to? The atmosphere is changing now. I'm going into a prophetic mode. I'm going into a prophetic mode. The Lord said to announce to you, it's going to overturn the multitude of adversity in your generation. Who am I speaking to? I said the Lord said to announce to you that he's going to overturn the tables of the enemy in your life and in your generation. And it's not going to happen other than by the sword of the Lord. The sword of Gideon. The sword of the Lord. The sword of SLC. The sword of the Lord. The sword of Bible David. The sword of the Lord. The sword of this army. God said to announce to everyone connected. Everyone watching. Everyone on the airwaves. I came here to prophesy to you. Hear me and hear me well. Everyone under the sound of my voice. I speak to every territory that you represent, that you represent the sword of the Lord has been drawn out. The sword of Gideon is overturning adversity, is overturning infirmity, is overturning sicknesses, is overturning addiction. If you believe it, say overturn. 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 If you believe, say overturn. Say overturn. I need people to say overturn. I need people to say overturn. I need people to say overturn. Everything occupying space, overturn. Every adversity, so overturn. Every sickness, overturn. Shout overturn. Shout overturn. Shout overturn. Shout overturn. Everybody get up on your feet if you're not already doing so. The cake of bread fell on the tent of the Midianites. Just a seed. Bread is made from wheat. And Gideon was preserving a seed. And it wasn't just a physical example or symbol of what he was doing. Every time he was doing it, it was a prophetic action. God, take up the shaft in my life. God was taking out the shaft in his life. And because he was prepared, God said, I'm taking out the shaft. Go remove the altars of your father's house. The devil must not find anything that belongs to him in your territory. God said to announce to somebody, give the devil all his belongings because this is the time that I'm going to overturn the table of the enemy. I'm going to overturn the thrones and the kingdoms that are ruling in this generation. And I declare in the name of Jesus for everyone who watching for everyone here I want you to shout overturn several times say overturn 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 some people 
people are like, what are you saying? How many people? You're not even up to 5,000. You're not even up to 1,000. You're not even up to 10,000. God said, I should tell you, all I need is anything 300 and less or whatever. I need a remnant generation of people that know their God. They shall be strong and they will do exploits. I need somebody here that knows how to pray. Gideon and the children of Israel, they cried unto their God. I want you to begin to say, I overturn every works of the enemy. I overturn every adversity. I overturn every sickness. I overturn. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth.